0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross sap Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It is February 10th. We are here to talk WWE Raw on the Fightful Post Show podcast. A reminder, if you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful, donate a Super Chat, any amount. We'll read your question or statement on the air and answer it, respond to it, so to speak. I am joined by one Denise Salcedo of InstinctCulture.com. Denise, how are you?
2: I'm doing really good today, honestly. Lots of positive vibes today. I feel like a hippie. I don't know why I said that.
0: Well, I mean, I've been enjoying Raw <laughs> lately. It's pretty nice to to come onto a post show and not be like, "Ah, oh, man, I gotta complain about all this." Ah, uh,
2: it was a good Raw. Like yeah. the first hour and a half, maybe hour forty minutes, was really solid. I think.
0: Yeah, and it's it's hard to make a good three hour show, much less a consistently good three hour show. But I think WDB has actually been making their best effort of late, and that I can appreciate, especially heading into Mania. I just want them to keep this energy all year long. But we we do have some super chats. Anakin JMT says, here's $2 to get SRS's XFL thoughts for two minutes. I don't know if it'll be two minutes, but Denise, did you watch any of the games?
2: I got to see some portions of it. I watched the LA Wildcats game mm-hmm. and then I saw, I saw I watched another one. I don't even remember which one, but I got to see it. I'm not a big football fan. You should know this. I don't know much uh-huh. about football. I kind of just watched it because it was on TV and I was curious about it to see what was going to happen. Um, I will say this, though. I did like the way that Fox was doing the presentation of the actual games. I thought they did it a lot stronger than ESPN.
0: I uh, enjoyed a couple of different aspects of the show or the games. I love the conversions, the extra points where you can go one, two, or three. I love that. I think that would help revolutionize the NFL. I enjoyed the kickoffs just because they were different and it encouraged kickoff returns. I like that the quarterbacks uh, and us can hear the coaches via the microphones. I really dig that. There's a lot of cool stuff. That I liked about the XFL. It looks like I'm gonna be a DC Defenders fan. They released like this map of like where you could, where you should root for if you're based on geographically. Right here, as I sit here, I should be a St. Louis fan, but I can look out my window to the right or to the left and I, I'm looking into DC Defender territory. Oh I mean, wow. It's, it's that close. It's that close.
2: So you had options.
0: (laughs) Yes, I had options, and I picked D.C. because I can't in good conscience cheer for a St. Louis team. I I don't like the St. Louis Cardinals. I do not like any St. Louis teams, so. uh, There you all go with the XFL, but James O'Work says, I feel the way Raw went off the air was weird. When the next show started, I thought it was a promo of some sort at first. Other than that, solid. Uh I yeah kind of but I mean it would they had to get off the air they were they were low one time it looked like Denise
2: Yeah for me I think it ended right at 801ish since I'm always a little bit behind but it it felt perfectly fine like it wasn't like this big raw ending where you're like oh my god that just happened no it was just a fine this is what's going on this is what happened that's it
0: I am so salty that raw ends at like 8 then you're done with everything at like 9 Oh, five, oh, that's nine, right.
2: Ten. I forgot oh. that. I know I remember sometimes and I think to myself, like, Oh, that kind of sucks. But yeah, for me, like, I'm done with this show, like, a little bit after like nine ish. And I still have, you know, a couple of hours to do my thing.
0: Man, man, my, my town is a ghost town in general, but by the time Raw's over, if you're out, you're up to no good out here. Like, it's, it's rough. But reminder guys, donate a super chat. That stuff uh, really helps us. But. Uh, this week on FightfulSelect.com, our premium service, I am doing my Q&A show. If you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, you get to ask as many questions as you want. We are about 23 subs away from a major milestone. Uh, of course, we, we always lose a bunch at the end of each month because of credit card renewals and stuff like that, but we're very close. Help us, help us push over that, but we got lots of news coming. I had mentioned on FightfulSelect.com, Travis Brown was in the house at uh, Raw. He wasn't there to really do anything. He was there to take in the show with, with I believe, his kids. I don't want to be quoted on that, but we have some scoops up there on FightfulSelect.com. But let's go ahead and talk about Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about the opening segment, and we're going to kind of tie that into the main event in totality. So you all will notice some jumping around. But Seth Rollins has a new jacket. What do you think of it, Denise?
2: <laughs> I thought it was fine, to be honest. It didn't really stand out to me much. Like To be honest, I wouldn't have even noticed had you not said anything. Right now when you said something, I was like, oh, dang, <laughs> that's true.
0: I think you're the most qualified person stylistically to, to to speak on jackets on this show. I am wearing something from the 1980s. It is a Kentucky Wildcats vintage sweatshirt in which I treasure, so I can't speak on the quality of of the man's jacket, but he does say that he's here to lead everyone into the future because the audience has a tough time making good decisions. He's getting really tired of dealing with Kevin Owens. He and his disciples will not leave the ring until their message is heard, and this brings out Kevin Owens. Uh, What did you think of the opening delivery and promo from Seth Rollins?
2: I didn't like it I was bored I kind of felt it was the same thing that but in a different way you know there was like several weeks where we were having when we were having we were trying to have baby face Seth Rollins and he was coming out and he was doing his thing trying to get over with everybody and it wasn't working because he was coming off like it was annoying now I feel we're getting the opposite of that or that's how I felt this week where it just wasn't coming over I wasn't impressed by anything that was being said or anything like that so this did nothing for me Um, once Kevin Owens came now, it did pick up a little bit, but overall, the beginning portion of Raw for this kind of felt flat to me. Yeah, it
0: seemed like they wasted – I don't want to say wasted, but spent an awful lot of time on this to not really do a lot. I Here's the thing. I understand them wanting to advertise Joe to get people to tune in, but I think this would have made a great impact if Joe would have been like almost a surprise return here. Even after two weeks because people didn't quite know – that he'd be back. And you could say that, um, there, that maybe that they would have to find a fourth person because they, they didn't know if Joe would be able to go. I think that would have been a little bit more valuable here, but Kevin Owens gets a good reaction. The Viking Raiders get a good reaction and Joe definitely does. The stunner on Murphy works really well. I've, I liked that aspect of it, but it seems like between this and the, the main event segment, there was a lot of 50-50 going on, which seems to be the case here. Every every week, Denise.
2: Well, you know what? The, I actually liked the finish of this match because I like the fact that they're getting these wins in the way that they are. Like it's kind of you know a fast escape. They're doing it in a heelish way, which is perfect for that. So I so the match itself, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, it was it wasn't a long match and it wasn't a short match. It was kind of just there. But overall, I thought they did a lot of stuff, and I liked the fact I. I'm happy with the way that it ended with them, actually, with Seth Rollins. And uh, uh, I'm already getting confused. I basically liked the way it ended. I thought it was perfectly fine, and they did what they needed to do.
0: So one thing I liked before we got to the match, Becky Lynch's music hits towards the end of this segment. And the whole time I'm like, is she going to pass Seth? What's going to happen? It would have been kind of cool if she just looked at Seth and was like, come on. But I did like that she met Kevin Owens and, like, they kind of shrugged at each other. Like, he's he's given her the, sorry, had to do it. And she's given him the, yeah, he's kind of a pain in the ass right now. I, I thought that was a nice touch. But to your point, I really dug the match. It was a great pace uh, outside of the the heels working over Kevin Owens. That's your heat spot. That's where you're building it up. The Viking Raiders are getting really good reactions again. The baby faces attacking the heels right out of the gate was very good. Uh, Murphy taking that clothesline I liked. Joe getting a very, very, very hot, hot tag and then leading to the triple suicide dive.
1: I thought that was
2: really good, especially when Joe came in and he just kind of starts attacking Seth Rollins with this like enormous energy and power. Like that's what I personally like to see. And I was like, yes, this is the reason why I always like it when Samoa Joe is in the ring. So that part was like a nice, like really good, like wake up. And I think after that, the match even started pushing forward after that. Like it really kicked into high gear.
0: Yeah, I I liked it a lot. Uh, It was it was the right amount of time, as you mentioned earlier. Like It didn't need to be a 15-20 minute match. It was good what it was. Samoa Joe chokes out Murphy, but Rollins stomps him behind the back of the ref. Now this is after Kevin Owens did this big dive onto a pile. Owens has been doing some crazy stuff. I was gonna
2: say that. I was gonna say that. You know, we had the whole moment where he went up the when he went up the stage and then did the flip outside of the outside of the stage. I've been seeing a lot of crazy moments for Kevin Owens, and I like this. It's kind of like, you know, how we always expect Shane McMahon to do something wild, something crazy. I almost feel Kevin Owens is working his way towards that. Where we're he, starting to expect something from him. He beat
0: Shane McMahon for the right to be the craziest son of a bitch in WWE. There you go. There he you stole go. It. And I'm okay <laughs> with that because Kevin Owens is so likable and so good. Like he's such a charming guy. I I really dig this. And Murphy ends up getting the pin. I like that too. But what do you think about Murphy no longer being a buddy?
2: Um, I think earlier in commentary. And They let it slide, and I think they said Buddy Murphy, and then they know Murphy, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, he's Murphy now. I yeah. don't, I mean, I'm not a fan of people just having one name because the way I see it is, if I Google you, I want you to be the only person that pops up. If yes. I just Google Walter or a Murphy or Ali or I felt whatever, bad
0: for Ali because from yes. an SEO perspective, that was moronic because if you put in Ali. You ain't getting Mustafa Ali on, like, the first 934 pages. I'm sorry. There's a much, 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 much more famous Ali than him, and it just won't work out. For Murphy, that's another. You're probably going to get Murphy Brown's Wikipedia from the 90s (laughs) instead of that. Exactly.
2: So now when it's a one person, like a one person name, I always have to put their name and then WWE right afterwards or else I'm getting something totally random. So that's, that's why I don't like it. I I prefer the two names because to me it just, I don't know why I worry about this, but apparently I do. I put
0: on Twitter last week that I hope somebody on the indies like adopts a bunch of the names abandoned by WWE and is like, is like Antonio Alexander Almas or something like that. Like, <laughs> you, you just got all these familiar names and you're like, where where do I know that guy from? And you don't really. He just stole all the names. And there's I don't plenty get of it.
2: Else. I just don't get it.
0: We have Kevin Langhoff said, Sean, did you check out XFL this weekend? I did uh, go back a little bit and you can hear me talk about that, but I did enjoy it. He says, thought it was pretty good. How much does it cost to meet you at Mania? Well, I won't be at Mania. I'm getting a flight back. It doesn't cost you a damn thing. Um, I, I've put off advertising served tall for a little bit because there are some venue issues that they're working through. But um, I'll, I'll let you all know on that. But, hey, anywhere you see me around, just say hi, and I'd be more than happy to, to talk with you guys.
2: So I have a little jar, a little yeah. jar. Wanna take a picture with me? A little yeah. jar. Yeah, I,
0: I would, I would much rather somebody make a donation to a, a nice cause. I don't like to make, do anything like that outside of Fightful, but Rob Wilkins says, fantastic show. Matt Hardy, if it's over for him in WWE, it's a shame. Vince lost some merch money. I still hold out hope. We're gonna skip ahead and we're gonna talk about this because it's very standalone. Randy Orton comes out and says he owes everybody an explanation. And we get Matt Hardy. Now, dare I say, I probably covered the Matt Hardy contract stuff closer than anybody else. It's up March 1st. His brothers isn't up for at least a year. And that's what was told to me back in September. Who knows how much time they've tacked on to it now. WWE has been feverishly attempting to re-sign Matt Hardy. Very much. But they're using him to get other people over as a result. Matt Hardy came out and asked Randy Orton why, 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 ran down his history with Edge. Denise, I thought that was very important because if you look out into that crowd, there were a bunch of kids there that have no clue what happened 15 years ago, much less what happened 20 years ago, Denise. That being said, I thought Matt Hardy knocked this out of the park. I love this promo.
2: I was not expecting to hear Lita Chance or to be reminded of all of this Lita Edge, Matt Hardy stuff. Um, today, I wasn't expecting any of it. So that was kind of like a nice blast from the past. And I was thinking the exact same thing. All of the new people in the audience, clearly, they have no idea what's happening. But at the same time, because of the way Matt Hardy delivered this, it made you, he did it in a sentimental way, kind of like, you know, if anybody should have this sort of animosity towards Edge, it should be me. So he did it, he did it in a way where if even if you don't know what he's talking about, you still feel like, okay, well, this guy, has some serious points that he's making. So I'm going to care about it. Um, But it was, it was, it was interesting. And I know that Matt Hardy already put out a tweet, basically saying goodbye on Twitter. So he's pretty much just telling us like that was his write off.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have been watching the free, the delete series, but I find them newsworthy enough to where it's, it's a mandate for our, our team. Like whenever they, they post, we, we run them standalone on the site because I think there are enough newsworthy tidbits, hints, and notes in those that are worth going up. Like, there are things if you read, you really should read in as much as possible to Matt Hardy's stuff, because he's a very creative guy and a very perceptive guy, and when I see that, I'm like, okay, he's hinting at this, he's hinting at that, he's really setting himself up, and I think trying to circumvent WWE's booking of him. That being said, I thought this was an outstanding write-off because he knew that Randy Orton was going to try to attack him, and he thwarted it a little bit. Randy Orton got the upper hand, as he should have, hit an RKO and a concerto. I thought that was a perfect write-off, and, or as perfect as it was going to get for Matt Hardy here.
1: I
2: loved it. It meant something, and it pushed forward a current storyline. So, I mean, come on, there's you don't always get that. You either get the guy's gone. He left in a horrible way or in a meaningless way. But no, this meant something. And there you go. It pushed the storyline further. And And like you said, oh, sorry. Like you said, Matt Hardy is a creative guy. And obviously he's going to want to be someplace that could, you know, help him execute that creativeness.
0: And he, it helped push for further the edge thing without having to have edge on TV another week. Like, so you buy another week without having edge on TV, but you have something substantial. People will remember this. And I can't honestly tell you the last time Randy Orton's had two or three angles in two or three weeks where people say, man, I'm going to remember that for a long time. And that's, I think Randy Orton is a phenomenal performer. I think he is one of the more intricate performers there there is one of the more perpetually over people there are and if you you got to really see him live to understand how over randy orton is but oh god this was amazing this
2: was yeah and i just want to point out like a side note this probably has nothing to do with what we're talking about but with what you just said you know randy orton is that performer that everyone likes he does his job well done but here's one of the interesting things that i've always known like thought about when I think about him as a person outside of the ring. So as a kid, I would always like wait outside the shows, try to meet the wrestlers. You know, a lot of people did that. I did that back in the day. And I will tell you this, Randy Orton is the guy that would always come out, go to the people that were waiting and sign autographs and take some pictures with them. And for me, that is one of the things that I always think of when I think of Randy Orton. And to me, that's just like, I mean, I don't know if he still does it now, but the fact that he would do that and considering like how big he was and is at the time, was at the time and is now, like to me, that's just something like admirable. So I just felt like saying that.
0: So after that opening promo, we did go right into the Becky Lynch Oscar Women's Championship match. This surprised me a little bit. I mean, I fully expected Shayna Baszler to show up, but I didn't think it'd be a show-long storyline. Knowing what we know now... I think this should have closed the show, and so should have Sasha Banks or not Sasha's, Shayna's attack, because we didn't need what followed. I think, but Ronda Rousey mentioned uncommentary. That's interesting, but first the match. Oscar and Becky worked so damn good together. I loved this match. Oscar's suplex spinebuster is really good. Becky took out Kyrie, and it allowed Oscar to attack her. Oscar uh, has adopted that code as a counter. We go to a break with Becky hitting a reverse DDT on the apron that got a great reaction, and then uh, a series of pin attempts happen out of an Oscar lock that I loved. that That finish was so fast paced and so good, and Becky won. I don't know if she did the pump handle with the rock bottom this time or if she just did the the rock bottom, but either way, I love it as a finish. I really dig this match. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a great match. What did you think, Denise?
2: So, okay, there were several things that I liked about it first off. So the first thing that I liked was the fact that commentary was actually putting over the fact that this was a risk for Becky Lynch because this added so much more to Asuka where they really said, hey – she's doing this before WrestleMania. She can lose her bout. And I like the fact that they made the match feel important. I thought the match was very good because I liked the way that it was paced out. It was fast. And you, you didn't have one person dominate over the other person, the entire match. No, they were going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, the, the finish was great. I liked all of the near falls, um, I wasn't even expecting the finish to come right when it did, to be honest. So um, so that was a little bit surprising, but I did like how it all played out. I thought it was really, really good. And I actually enjoyed this match a lot more than their match that they had at the Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, I thought this one was just a ton of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Kyrie is playing her role well. I had a lot of Asuka fans, which they always do. She's got one of the most vocal fan bases there are. They're like, oh, she's been mistreated. And I'm like, I I can't imagine how someone with in the right mind would say mistreated. Underutilized, sure. Because I don't know if there's a way to utilize someone with the level of talent that Asuka has without somehow underutilizing her. Because she's that incredible at what she does and in the ring. It's hard to do that woman justice. I don't see her losing a good competitive match or two to the most over women's wrestler in the history of WWE as mistreated. I don't see a two-year undefeated streak, a Royal Rumble win, a Mania title match, a championship title run, a win over Becky Lynch, and now a history-making women's tag team title run as being mistreated underutilized at times, yeah. Like, that Carmella, James Ellsworth shit was ridiculous. But I had people saying, oh, well, they, they don't treat the women's tag titles right. And I'm thinking, huh? They went to every different brand and defended that title. They won it, and then they took it to every brand. They beat Becky and Charlotte in a tag title match, and Kyrie got hurt. By the time Kyrie was back, Asuka was involved in a program with, again, the most over woman, I'll say this, the most over female wrestler in WWE history. Cause you could argue that Sable at one point was one of the most over people ever, but I just don't see that. Where do you land on that side of things, Denise? Cause so, a lot of people don't, don't like the way that Asuka has been booked.
2: So I'm thinking about it in terms of both perspectives. So, you have, you know, there was where she, Asuka was undefeated for a long time. She lost at WrestleMania. Everybody kind of thought that that was going to be her moment and it wasn't. So, I completely get why people were angry yeah. during that point in time because I myself was kind of like, come on, like you guys sure. had everything with here with Asuka. What are you thinking? Uh since then, you just named her accomplishments that she has done since then. So, I cannot argue that I feel the same way that I found during that time so i feel that i feel that her time was earlier and that they maybe didn't take full advantage of that now I feel they're getting that ball back with her. I don't see it as anything bad, uh, because even when the whole Shayna thing happened, which we'll get into more detail afterwards, but even when that happened with Becky, I thought to myself, finally, because even though this match between Asuka and Becky was really good and I was very entertained, the feud itself was running dry. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, good, we're moving on from here. But that's not to take away anything from Asuka or anything that she's been doing. I just think maybe now it's time to maybe get her focus somewhere else, maybe help build up some of the other women on the roster. Uh, You know, we don't always just want to have the focus on one girl, whether it just be Becky or Charlotte. As for the women's tag titles, I almost kind of feel the same way. You know, when Becky and, and when Becky and, and Bailey had the, sorry, when Bailey and Sasha had the bouts, yeah, that probably wasn't its highlight, its main point, because as we know, they weren't really, the belts weren't necessarily treated as very important during that point. And now, ever since we actually put some more focus onto it, I would say that the belts have been elevated. Would I, Do I see them as important belts myself? I do not. Not yet. I do not think they're there yet. But they are making some moves towards making them seem more important.
0: Yeah, they, they do need to get back on the tag team ball now that that angle is done. The, the Becky-Asuka thing should be done now. I don't need to see Asuka losing to uh, Shayna Baszler next week or something. I don't need that. I do think there were three pretty solid missteps with Asuka. That Carmella James Ellsworth stuff was dumb. It was bad, and it made Asuka look bad. That I get. Uh Her losing to Charlotte at Mania, I could kind of see it. They want to make Charlotte Flair one of the biggest things ever. And she is in that division. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I did think there was something wrong in Charlotte beating Asuka for the title last year. They did that just to have another prop in that match. Charlotte didn't even need to be in that match. They they could have ran back Charlotte and Asuka and maybe had Asuka get her win back. But they moved a lot of mountains that they didn't need to move just to do that. And I would have rather had Asuka lose the title in a triple threat match or something where she didn't get pinned in that regard. So that that should not have happened. But still, mistreated? I don't think so. Um, Shayna Baszler mistreated Becky Lynch. Oh, my God. So I'm going to get to this. Again, a monster super chat from our dude, Throwback27. I got to find out if he wants to plug something. He just donated another $100. He says... What? Yes, this was an interesting show. But with Becky and Shayna start the program the way they did, do you think it was right to have Shayna take a piece out of Becky's neck like Mike Tyson did with Evander Holyfield? Uh, when it comes to body parts... Um What the hell? Oh, God. So Shayna Baszler runs out, she removes her mouth guard, and she takes a giant bite out of Becky's neck, and there's a bunch of fake blood, and I gotta say this, for whatever the hell this was, Becky Lynch sold it like a million bucks in the ring. She's screaming, she's cursing, she's doing everything she can. Uh, to answer your question throwback, I think it's a stupid idea right now, but I don't... Uh, God, if it, if it turns into a vampire gimmick, Denise, it's objectively stupid. Unless the Kevin Thorne interview that I drop <laughs> does like a 100,000 views. If it contributes to vampire culture returning, then I'm all for it. But otherwise, I think it's dumb. If it's just Shayna is a brutal, nasty person who will do anything to hurt somebody, maybe not that that upset at like maybe she gouges Becky Lynch's eyes pretty severely next week how do you feel about this was it the right way to start things off
2: no okay so I was saying earlier how when Shayna came out I thought oh this is great they're gonna they're gonna do this finally that's what I wrote down on my notes finally but then she bites her and I'm thinking okay so she's just crazy psycho really gonna go for it just be really aggressive so i'm thinking this is the direction they're gonna go and i'm still not crazy about it but then she goes up and she has all of this blood coming out of her and I just thought to my god and myself my god why would they do it this way it just looks so fake it looks so fake it looks so bad I was embarrassed watching that and I didn't like it I thought maybe she could have bit her and maybe just had even though they just did a little bit of blood the bite itself wasn't what I had an issue with. What I had an issue with was the tremendous, unbelievable amount of blood because it was just too much. It was be- so much.
0: You would not be up running around. That woman would need no. a transfusion. No.
2: Yes. Yeah. And then here's the thing that yeah. you mentioned that Becky sold this very well. Yes, she did. But here's what I what bothered me what bothered me was that there was no sense of of urgency, no sense of urgency from the commentary, no sense of urgency from the paramedics from the referees from anyone. If this girl is gushing out all of this blood and she just got bit, there's all of these serious dangers that go into getting bit like this. And no one has a sense of urgency. Becky Lynch is there freaking out, selling this. She's pissed, she's angry, you name it. And no one else is at her level. And I'm thinking, you gotta meet her halfway. If she's gonna go out there and sell this crazy thing, then everybody else has to play their part. Like this is where I was thinking, man, Mara would have been great during yeah. this segment. Because he would have been, like, selling it like crazy.
0: Yeah, I hate the golf tournament style. Oh, my God. Did you all see? Oh, no. Man, piss off with that. Give me some excitement. If that yeah. happened in boxing or MMA, the place would have went nuts. Joe Rogan would have shit his pants on pay-per-view. Come on. <laughs> Throwback says, with Becky coming back... uh In the back area and cutting a promo, do you think it's possible that Ronda could be a factor after Becky said, I don't care who you know, does this strengthen Becky like it did with her busted nose? It doesn't strengthen her anywhere near the broken nose. The broken nose was iconic. That was an image that will live in wrestling forever. This is an image that I think we should hopefully forget
2: This was so bad. And I'm thinking to myself, come on. We all know Shayna is a badass. We all know she can kick ass. We all know she has a legitimate background. Mm-hmm. Why not utilize it? Why not have her come out and punch her in the face? Or I don't know, something else. Anything. I think they could have gotten the point of that that Shayna is savage some whole other way they didn't have to do it this way and if they did they didn't have to do that tremendous amount of blood and i do not think this is going to go a vampire route but this is this is obviously the route that everyone's thinking of i mean the first thing god, i thought of was yeah. oh god twilight
0: yeah man i just got my wife to sell those dumbass books too
2: <laughs> the twilight se- book yeah
0: they've been sitting on our bookshelf for years until we had a yard sale <laughs> and i was like
2: oh come man. on let's let's get rid of them but now you're bringing the vampire stuff back into the family. I mean,
0: I, I got to say, I have had that Kevin Thorne interview in the can since like October. And it's a real good one, but it's not time sensitive. So I'm waiting you for the. You
2: should it. I click know. Date it, well, I'm going Kevin gonna... Thorne decides Shayna. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I've got like 10 articles that are going to come from it because it's really a fantastic interview. But I'll let you guys know when I drop it. But. Becky is backstage and the medics are telling her, "Oh, you got to go to the hospital. You got to go to the hospital." And she kicks the door. And it was funny when she yanked the-, <laughs> the ambulance driver out. Like she wanted to drive so bad. It was so ridiculously stupid that I thought it was funny that she yanked like, "I'm driving." Why? <laughs> okay. It made
2: no sense. It made no sense if you think about it. If you get can- bit if you get injured i'm not thinking hey i'm gonna beat up the poor paramedics no i'm thinking god please help me here like let's get me out of here quick and i get it they were trying to give her the stone cold vibe and all of that but it it kind of came across as silly like it didn't make sense character wise why would she do that why would she attack this poor paramedic girl who really did nothing and yeah no
0: it came off as generic stone cold is what it came off as and When Becky Lynch got punched in the face and stood up there and knew she was making a moment, that did not come across as generic Stone Cold Steve Austin. That came across as Becky Lynch, big star. This came across as generic Steve Austin. Because this is the first week we've seen this. Uh, Her and Shayna doing this thing. And they have her come right back in the ambulance and come out to the ring. That's why she came back. Yeah. She came back for this. I would have had, I would have just had Shayna attack her, maybe do the bite and sell the bite for the love of God. Take her off TV, but try to have her backstage. Have her fighting with medics saying, no, I want to find Shayna. And then somebody says, no, Shayna hit the bricks because she just bit somebody. Because <laughs> I don't know why you would hang around at the venue. In Ontario California after you just took somebody's neck out
2: Dang. and she made it back in that traffic I mean there's traffic in Ontario too okay that's there's the fakest thing that's the fakest thing in Cali traffic. Piss off, man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I and mean, what's weird, too, like, why would she bite the back of the neck, too? That's not a place that I feel like if I want to so angry, I want to bite someone, that I'm going to do the back of their neck. It makes no sense.
0: <laughs> what, what would you pick? What area I would, would you know, pick?
2: Like an ear, maybe the cheek yeah. or something, something yeah. with, like, a lot of fat in it.
0: There you go. There you go. Denise getting violent. I like it.
2: I'm just trying to get into this different mentality. Well, I wanted
0: your input on this, you know. (laughs) But no throwback. I do not think it strengthens Becky. I thought this whole thing made her look ridiculous, except for her selling it initially. Her selling it was great. Had we not seen her almost all night, I would have loved for them to maybe have a, a, a graphic backstage to close the show of her fighting to get to Shayna and them saying, Shayna's gone. Okay. That would have been cool. And hers, maybe her screaming or even next week, she could have shown up and did the, I don't care who you know thing. Uh, Kevin Langhoff says, Raw has been really good. I get, it, it gets a WrestleMania feel. SmackDown needs Sasha back. She is only at a hundred percent. I don't know what percentage she's at. I don't know what that comment means necessarily, but yeah, I think SmackDown does need Sasha Banks back because that show sucks right now. That show is ass. There was a uh, local advertisement for an Elimination Chamber match. Did you see that? I did not. So um, there is a an Elimination Chamber match that was advertised. Let me uh, run through it. Northeast Market saying that for a title shot at WrestleMania, an Elimination Chamber match with Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Nakamura, Corbin, and Bobby Roode, I don't hate that match. Bobby Roode doesn't belong anywhere in that match. Uh, Corbin really doesn't either at this point. Like, stop trying to make it a thing. But I don't hate that. But there was another announced match tonight, Denise. The To Trophy Gauntlet match. We have Bobby Lashley, Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan, who hasn't been on TV lately. Uh, R-Truth. But then there are three interesting names. Rusev, who's been in a contract dispute with WWE. AJ Styles, who separated his shoulder at Royal Rumble, and Andrade, whose suspension is up just before this. What do you think about those those last three coming back? Or were you surprised to see those three names in this match?
2: Yeah, you know what? Because now that you mentioned, and they have all of this other stuff going on, it kind of just seems out of the out of nowhere. But it could be something where it's just like they have this is what they want to do, this is what they had to, but maybe not going to happen. I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, James Warwick says that throwback is. Putting everybody else to shame with his super chats. Uh, we appreciate both of you guys. No matter the donation size, we we definitely appreciate that. Helps us pay writers. Hey, helps us pay for Jeremy Lambert's vacation over the next week. Safe travels to our dude Jeremy Lambert. I, I hope that he does well. Hope that he does well on vacation. I joked with him. I hope he actually has a not good vacation so he never wants to go on one again and we don't have to. <laughs> How
2: sad. Him. How sad. Well, it's tax season, so maybe, yeah. so maybe some people will spend their taxes on us.
0: I'm an independent contractor, so womp.
2: Hey, so am I. You gotta use those deductions.
0: Uh, yeah, I know, but they, they hosed us this year. I'll say that. They hosed us. Um, Street Profits come out and they say that Mojo Rawley's been riding Gronk's coattails and hiding behind Riddick Moss. Well, apparently hiding behind Riddick Moss doesn't mean a lot because they immediately beat him. Uh, the Red Cup I'm fine with. I don't need to hear them say we want the smoke every single time they're out there. I think it's corny and forced, Denise.
2: I I don't mind it. I just feel bad. I don't want to come on here every week and say something bad about Riddick Moss. I feel bad because I'm sure he- <laughs> I feel bad, but that's all I can think of during all of this was why. I don't understand this. He brings nothing, and I'm so sorry to what say that. What are you that. talking about? Really, He's a success story.
0: He's a champion just a couple weeks into his run. He and me- no
2: one cared. Yeah. No one made a sound. I'm pretty sure I heard someone crunching on their nachos during that. Damn. Okay? Damn. That's how. And I feel bad, but it's just frustrating to me.
0: Yeah, he small-packaged Mojo and won the title and ran away. Cool.
2: That was it. See, nobody cares.
0: <laughs> Anakin JMT says maybe Rowan was keeping Shayna in the cage. <laughs> I dig it. I'll tell you what I loved the VIP lounge. It is good to see MVP back. I thought he was masterful here. MVP has said he's done in the ring for WWE, but he tells Drew McIntyre that many say that he's not ready for a WrestleMania main event. And MVP pitches a managerial role for himself. Drew McIntyre go back and forth about whether or not MVP is an ass kisser or ass kicker. And then Drew ends up hitting him with a Glasgow kiss and a Claymore. I love this segment. I thought that MVP is really natural. I think that he's just really good on the mic. How do you feel?
2: So this worked out, I thought, because he came across as very, very annoying yeah, MVP. He did. So annoying. I was just thinking to myself, God, just punch him already. That's it. Just punch him. And hey, that was the point. They did it. They made me think he's A, annoying. B, I want to see this guy get punched in the face. So hence, it worked. Um, One of the things that I do want to say about this is that I love that every week, every time Drew McIntyre gets on the mic, we are seeing we get little glimpses of his comedic side. Like he he's a funny guy. And we're seeing that every week. And I feel like it's making him even more likable to where I'm thinking like, hey, I kind of want to see more of, of this funny side of him because it's really connecting with the crowd. Uh, the fact that he's he's coming across as relatable. So I think that's making him more likable.
0: He said in an interview recently that he had to switch up his accent to avoid what chance. It's worked, evidently. People are excited about what he has to say. He feels important. I, I just really like this, and I thought that MVP was a great person to play off of him. Just really, really good. Uh, more this, more of MVP. I wouldn't mind him as a manager. Um, I want to see more managers in WWE. I don't know if I necessarily want to see some of the people they've been trying out as managers in NXT. Especially when you got really good managers that are already around. But I I thought this was fun. I I liked it. And uh, I hope you guys like FightfulSelect.com. Check it out. We had news on uh, AEW, Tony Khan's influence of late. We had news on Tanera Conti walking out of NXT then we were able to get some news on NXT giving raises to talent backstage and extended contracts. Uh, some Hulk Hogan news went up over the past week. We Of course, we have Alex's Sour Graps pods for Raw and SmackDown. My Q&A show is up this week. Go over there, subscribe now, and you can ask as many questions as you want. Steven Jensen's Weekender podcast drops every weekend if you want NWA, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, Beyond, uh, New Japan, uh, all that kind of stuff. Two hundred five live NXT UK. That's a great podcast for that. And then every Wednesday, the list goes on. podcast. It's our listening your boy post show. Just a ton of stuff like that. Chris Ferris says SRS. Pay yourself more and get a nicer cam like Denise. It's something with the OBS input. I have a four K uh, Logitech Brio camera. Like my camera costs one hundred and seventy five dollars. It's a very expensive camera. There's just some sort of input setting then I'm not rocking correctly right now. I'm
2: just using the basic, the basic webcam right now, so I'm glad it's looking good. Hey, I it is. Know. It's well
0: lit. <laughs> I need to figure out my lighting situation or something, but yeah. Newer it's, ring light. New yeah, yeah I mean, I I just got this ring light, but I mean, I don't know what, what the hell. Eh, I'll, I'll toy with it. I'll toy with it. But uh, Throwback27 says, Denise, what do you think about Keith Lee versus Apollo Cruz? Should or could this happen in NXT for the North American title? I'm fantasy booking. Uh, what do you think about that? This, this was based on a conversation that happened last week because Apollo Crews got crushed and I tweeted, Apollo Crews needs to get out. Now I understand he's got kids and a family, but he is one of the most, you want to talk about mistreated. There's a mistreated for you. He was brought up without any NXT run. He got over as a part of Titus Worldwide and they split it up and that's been it. And this idea was pitched by Throwback. You know, maybe he could go and have a feud with Keith Lee in NXT. What do you What do you think about that?
2: For Cruz, that would be great. He's ath- he's an athletic guy, I'm sure. And we already know what Keith Lee can do. Um, I just think that right now, for Keith Lee, he needs to have his eyes set on something on something bigger, uh, like an, an opponent. Yeah. Some, uh, something more meaningful because he's on fire right now. So let's not bring that momentum down.
0: Throwback says Sasha should have been back uh, a while ago uh, to take over that show for the women. I don't think Sasha is needed on NXT. I think they have a lot of talent on NXT's female. I mean, almost too much talent, you could say. Because if Rhea Ripley wasn't there, they'd be just fine with Bianca Belair as a dominant champion. And if Bianca Belair wasn't there, they'd be just fine with Io Shirai as a top star on on that brand. I think that NXT's women's division is just unreal. I I thought that last year Impact Wrestling had the best women's division uh, in, in wrestling, but right now I think it's NXT. How, how do you feel about the possibility of Sasha Banks popping up there again?
2: You know what? I just, I, I don't, I wonder, is that something that Sasha would probably be interested in? I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's something yeah. that she would be. But then again, I, I don't know. We don't know that. Um, and it's funny that you say that there was that point where you said that Impact had the best women's wrestling division and i used to think the exact same thing but when you do go and you look at all the people that nxt has like there's so many people that haven't even gotten like complete storylines since you know since it's on the usa network now there's still so much to be seen and so much to be done with a lot of the women in that division and you know right now like come on like they have Rhea ripley who's just like super hot so obviously you can't shift the focus from her right now but they're they have a lot of options to where yeah sasha banks wouldn't hurt, okay? She wouldn't. She would be a ben. She would be a benefit towards anybody. But I think that they're good.
0: Up next, Angel Garza came out and cut a promo, but got t- attacked by Humberto Carrillo. I I think this is at least a step in the right direction. Uh, Humberto h- isn't featured that heavily, but does something, and then gets the hell off the air. So you less is more in the case of him right now. Security removed him from the area. He looked like he wanted to beat up Angel Garza. I'm cool with this. I don't necessarily know if I need like a luchador division. Like they, they could mix it up a little bit. Like these guys don't just have to work with each other, but I would love to see by the end of this Humberto and Angel Garza teaming up because I think that would be best case scenario for Humberto Carrillo. Uh, how'd you feel about his use tonight?
2: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that too because I know a lot of people have been mentioning this. The fact that they always pair the Hispanics guys versus the Hispanic guys. It's like, yeah, mix it up, all right? Let's do that. Um, I get it. There might be some
0: language barrier issues there. And to be quite honest with you, the first person that I worked with, somebody that primarily worked in Mexico, they were used to working a different side. but And uh, more roles opposed to bumps. But that's not the case here. All these guys are familiar with the WWE style. Like, they they know they how to do it. They can work
2: with anyone. Yeah. They can work with anyone, like, regardless of however they trained or whatever they're used yeah. to. And, see, that's, that's one of the things that I have seen the, that argument being made, and I'm, like, totally for it. Um, okay. So, as for this. I liked the fact that they actually had Umberto come out and you know be upset about something that happened the the week prior. Keeps the continuity going. I just feel that he he's lacking in the sense of I'm not buying him as really upset or really angry that this is happening to him. He needs something to give him. He needs he needs to have more of an edge. Um, I know we've gotten glimpses of it, but I feel like even when we have uh, we've lowered our 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 bar standard maybe in terms of what edginess can be for him so i do think we need a little bit more of that uh the match with angel garza and cedric alexander i thought was just kind of there it was it, it wasn't anything special and i kind of felt the, the same with garza's match last week so i think that they need to give him something where he can introduce himself a little bit more to the audience and kind of really get over um instead of just being the fill-in guy so Definitely, I like the fact that they're giving him the mic every week and he's showing off his charisma and all of that, but we do need to see something a little bit more.
0: Yes. Yes. Very, very, very much. I gotta see something else out of him. Well, in case anybody forgot, Cedric Alexander is still really good at wrestling. Uh, you wouldn't know that by watching Raw most weeks, but it's true. Uh, Gowser con- counters a Cedric spot, does a really nice inverted powerbomb on the floor. Garza's pants being ripped off worked much better this time around, Denise. And they got the wing clipper <laughs> for the win.
2: My favorite, I was thinking about, I don't know why I was paying attention to this today, but it's funny because earlier on the show, when Drew McIntyre took off his shirt, you can hear all the girls squealing, and then same thing when Garza takes off his pants, and then you hear that extra squeal in the crowd. I just thought this is hilarious, and so that was one of the things I was paying attention to today.
0: So Angel Garza gets the win. No big surprise there. Backstage, Rhea Ripley's cutting a promo, and Sarah Logan interrupts her and challenges her to a match tonight. And I'll say this here again. All I need, one line from commentary, one time. Raw and NXT work together a little bit more because they're both on USA. I'd settle for a tweet at this point. <laughs> just, just something like that. Corey Graves saying, sure wish we got these people on SmackDown, but because they're on USA, I would deal with a passive aggressive, out of character Corey Graves tweet. But either way, uh, either way, I think we just
2: got Waller saying something about they need to stay in their lane for NXT. Mm-hmm. I think that's all we got.
0: He and he and a like inadvertently buries NXT people all the time. It's really weird. Uh, Charlotte comes out to the stage and Rhea Ripley crushes Sarah Logan. Big boot and a Riptide. I like Riptide. I thought that was fair. Sure, it's it's Rhea Ripley basically auditioning to fight Charlotte, and I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, I like the stare down, the fact that she was looking at her like the whole time, like, yep, I could do this. And she just did everything nice and clean. And that's it. There was really not much to say about this, to be honest.
0: Couple quick plugs, guys. I'll be on John Alba's Living the Gimmick podcast this week. Also this Sunday, if you're local to the ES or the local of the Cincinnati area, I'll be on ESPN radio on the No Holds Barred podcast with, uh, uh, with Riccicino and, Gino, and uh, you can listen to that online as well. Make sure you check that out. So doing some media rounds before NXT take over Portland this Sunday. Make sure you guys check that out. <sighs> Ricochet's or actually Lana's backstage cutting a promo on Ricochet while Lashley works out getting his pump in. Basically she says that Ricochet stole Lashley's dream. I was okay with this. Sure. What'd you think of it?
2: It was fine. I mean, it was nothing notable. I mean, I'm just happy that it's not something outrageous.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell you, if you want things to be more than just fine when you get your pump in and you want to get more than just a pump in, our friends at bluechew.com are here to help. Bluechew.com code It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work a lot faster. They're a lot better. They're a lot cheaper. They're a lot quicker and a lot cheaper because you don't got to pay for a doctor's appointment. You don't have to call to make the doctor's appointment. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians who will get you going. That online consult is free, so you don't have to pay an arm and a leg. You don't have to go through your insurance, all that stuff. It's online. It saves you time. It comes to you directly in a discreet package. So not everybody's going to be all up in your business about you getting all up in somebody else's business. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster. It's ready whenever the opportunity arises. Whether it be, you know, February at your own super showdown or the showcase of the immortals. You know. Hit them up at Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us at Blue Chew on Twitter. And right now, you can use that code FIGHT. will get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. And then your penis will get erect whenever you want to. Ricochet then defeated Bobby Lashley, Denise. Did you overthink your face this week?
2: Yeah, I did the whole time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really trying not because now, now that you it out, now that you now that it's it in, pointed out
0: now that it's in canon on the show, like it's even it's you've got you've really overthought your face.
2: Yeah, I I hate it. I really hate it. Like I try not to. But it can't help it now, especially now that it got brought up. Like before, I, I I didn't do it as much, but now it's like, you know when someone points something out, so now you notice yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So well, was... Anakin,
0: Anakin JMT just said, Denise's face at the start of the ad read, the best. I... <laughs> I'm about to ban Kristen and Warren for all these vampire jokes in the chat.
2: Oh, well, at least they're getting lots of that. Are they at least incorporated in it? Incorporated yeah, it's.
0: It's, it's, okay. it's. Yeah, they.
2: <laughs> See, that's not bad. A blue a case
0: of blue chew would be great for the bachelor pad. Oh, God.
2: Clever. I like that.
0: <laughs> I'm going to need both. I'm, I'm going to. This is going to be one of those situations where you hear on Fightful. Warren, Hayes, and Chris and Ashley have resigned of their own accord as moderators of Fightful.com. They weren't forced out at all. They weren't forced out at all. They resigned. <laughs> <laughs> Not in shame. Um, this Ricochet match, he, he ate the ring post, but this was every Ricochet match I've seen on the main roster. I've seen everything that they want him to do. Lashley hit a spine buster, and that was really the highlight of the match until the finish. I loved him landing on his feet on the belly-to-back superplex attempt, but if you would have just shown me the match from the spine buster on, I wouldn't have missed a thing. Ricochet wins. Okay.
2: I'm glad Ricochet won. I thought he needed it. You know, hey, he's going into this big match, so why not have him take this win? Uh, You know, Ricochet cut a promo earlier on the show that wasn't that bad, to be honest. Like compared to some of his other stuff, (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm seeing some improvement here. I wanted to note that, but I forgot to mention that earlier. But overall, this was a decent match. I mean, there it it was. There wasn't anything to really get me like, oh my god, I actually really care about this match because I didn't. So I was just kind of looking forward to a nice match, and it was. Um, So yeah.
0: Ruby Riot's backstage. She tough talks. Liv Morgan says she can change her hair all she wants, but it doesn't matter. Okay, cool. I mean, they had to have Ruby Riot on TV after last week.
2: Yeah, I actually thought everything she said came across really nicely. Where she was yeah. kind of basically saying that she that she she was calling her a he was she was basically saying that she's basic, but she's trying to be something more, but that she's always going to be a follower. So yes. I kind of like this mean girl talk.
0: And you gotta add a little bit of substance to a story without a title. And I like that. There's a natural story here, and I'm okay with it. I would like to see them incorporate Sarah Logan, and like maybe Ruby takes a shot, like, you see what's happening to you without me, the same thing's gonna happen to her. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, like, like you said, it, it was fine, it was there, what Ruby Re- Riot said helped build to the next week of whatever they're doing. And I'm fine with that. I, I'm glad Ruby Riot's back, cause I like her a lot. Alistair Black hits Tozawa with a pop-up knee and then pins him with a black mass. That's it. That's it. And I, at least it's not a jobber he's facing. But at this point, I'd like to see Rowan meeting him on the ramp to at least connect their squash matches. If they're going to keep doing these, I'd rather them consolidate it and then eventually put Alistair Black over Rowan and then... Whatever. And then he
2: mentioned the cage thing, and I'm thinking, okay, are they gonna connect mm-hmm. this now? Like, what's happening? So I kind of thought, like, is this was this done accidental accidentally yeah. or was it done on purpose? I don't know. But again, I, I thought to myself that this match could have been better, even if they were gonna have Aleister Black win. At least give us a decent match because we know Tazawa has had some decent matches, some more than decent matches on Raw. And I thought they could have gone a little bit a little bit more with this one.
0: As do I. I, I do think that they could have done a little bit more. Yeah. The thing that hurt Alistair Black in NXT for me was him talking. Now, granted, that was him making short jokes about Zelina, and I was like, I do not need stand-up comedian Aleister Black. I don't need that. <laughs> well, hopefully you guys need Fightful.com. We have more articles on the John Moxley interview. I'm going to release a long-form article that, that gives you all like even a little bit more of a look behind the scenes at that interview I did with him. I got an interview with Ethan Page dropping, uh I think, this week or next week. We've got a lot of stuff in the can waiting for you guys. I know you all probably saw that viral clip of PJ Hawks, uh Luke Hawks' son, jumping from the second floor of a mall into the ring. It was unbelievable. I've got an interview with both PJ and Luke dropping pretty soon, so make sure you guys check that out. If you're watching live on YouTube or even after the fact, leave a thumbs up. That stuff really helps us. If you subscribe, that helps us. And if you tap the bell for notifications, that helps us. Ever since WWE and zone hit us with those crappy copyright strikes, it's really cut into our traffic in that regard. So that would help us a lot. Leave a comment, even if you're on the live chat. Leave a comment on the board below about your favorite, least favorite part of Raw. That helps as well. But... Denise, you had a nice interview up this weekend. Scorpio Sky of AEW. I
2: did. I did. Um, I had a really nice, like, thirty minute chat with him. Uh, he's so cool. I interviewed him back in April of twenty eighteen. It was just a. It was. A, it was an print interview, and I just can't help but to feel really happy for him because in that first interview we talked about how hard it was to make money and you know this guy has been in the business for a long time and I like the fact that he really talks about his open honest struggles that he had and now to see where he's at right now so this was kind of like the continuation of that first interview but kind of now you're at this higher level in your career and he talks about how his relationship and how he landed his deal with AEW how everything has been how the company has put trust in him uh he also went in and talked about kobe bryant who his who is his hero and he had like all these amazing things to say and it was just like a really touching interview with like lots of information and then we closed it down with a game that was like really really fun so it was a a lot of emotions for this interview um so yes it was really good so check it out it's on my channel youtube.com slash denise salcedo
0: i've enjoyed scorpio sky's work for a long time he his there was a clip of him back when he wrestled in a mask of him doing a dance off uh, with human tornado and it's barely visible. You can barely even make out who's in it, but it was awesome it was one of the first like internet YouTube clips that I saw of wrestling and I loved it. I've enjoyed his work ever since and he's going to be a breakout star in AEW. Check that out on Denise's channel. Check us out. We're back here on Wednesday for the list and your boy 6 p.m. Eastern our weekly news show. If you all skip out on that show, You dumb (laughs) until next time we're
1: out.